Welcome to the Side Hustle Pilot Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Fasten your seatbelts and get ready to take off and create the type of side hustle and lifestyle you've always dreamed of. We hope you enjoy the ride. Warning. This podcast isn't for your typical coffee-drinking gear jerker. It's for that hard-charging, button-pushing, I've-got-the-courage kind of pilot. And remember, fly airplanes because it's fun, not because you have to. Now, without any further delay, your host, Tito G. Hello, and welcome to the Side Hustle Pilot Podcast. In today's episode, we have Cody James. At the age of three, he decided he wanted to be a professional bull rider. And at the age of 16, he joined the Pro Tour and started to go to school online and continued to travel as a professional bull rider. As a result of starting the Pro Tour early, he ended up with a couple injuries. By the time he was 17, he decided to slow down and go back to normal school. After graduating, he went to college where he got a scholarship as a bull rider and also continued as a professional rodeo bull rider. He remained on the professional tour for an additional eight years. School wasn't always Cody's thing, and so while wrapping up his senior year, he was able to convince them to allow him to get his private pilot license as part of his independent study program. Later on, towards the end of his bull riding career, He got his tailwheel endorsement, and it was at that point he decided he was going to fulfill his dream of becoming a commercial airline pilot. So without any other delay, let's start. Cody, I tell you what, before we get started, one of the things that has blown me away about your story is, I mean, I've never talked to somebody who is a a professional bull rider, who flies airplanes, who grows trees as a side hustle. First, before we get started, I've got to know about your uh, professional bull riding uh, history. I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Well, it was uh, it was a good career for a long time. I'm completely done now. I got on my last bull in April of uh, 2016, uh, and I actually got on him in my pilot uniform because I knew I was going to become a pilot after that. So I kind of went from one career to the next there. But uh, it was a good career for a long time. I, I went on the uh, National Federation of Professional Bull Riders Tour at 16. Um, that didn't quite go as planned. So I kind of backed off the pro tour there for a while. And then when I turned 18, I went on to the professional rodeo tour, uh, the PRCA tour. I did that, uh, full time along with college rodeoing and stuff for about, uh, six more years after that. And when I was, uh, retired with that, um, you know, I had my private pilot license and I, uh, knew I had to do something else. I couldn't just uh, hang out for the rest of my life. So I uh, I went down and got my uh, tailwheel endorsement and started flying. And I was like, yeah, I need I need to do this for a living. So that was kind of the transition. Um, but the, the rodeo was real good. The bull riding was real good. We went to about 100, 125 rodeos a year. Traveled about 130,000 miles on my cars every year. And uh, it was a good time. What was the scariest bull ride you've ever had? I don't know. I, I've gotten a couple uh, situations there where I wasn't 100% sure I was going to make it out. But, uh, you know, uh, Sykeston, Missouri, for one instance, comes to mind. I, uh, if, any, if you know anything about the sport, like you get hung up, you have your hand uh, stuck on the rope while you're still off. And I got twisted around all the way around. So my whole uh, arm was twisted, my shoulder was twisted, and I was still on the outside of the bull swinging around. 
on the end of that deal. I came out of that pretty unfazed, luckily, but that was probably one of the scarier ones. So you were riding bulls. You had your private pilot license before that, and then uh, those days kind of wrapped up, and then you started flying airplanes, right? Yep, I started flying airplanes. I uh, when I when After I got my tailwheel endorsement and I was done riding bulls, I decided to you know, pursue an aviation career, not really sure where that would leave. I kind of did a non-typical route. I went all part 61, got my stuff kind of all different parts of the country. And uh, then I went down and uh, flight instructed for about six months. I went to part 135 and then I went to uh, part 121 carrier. So now you're currently at SkyWest? Yep. I'm at SkyWest Airlines in based in Minneapolis. I've been there for I've uh, been there for coming on three years. Now. Good deal. Awesome, man. So h- how do you go from uh, riding bulls to flying for the airlines and all of a sudden you've got a uh, tree farm, right? Uh, yeah. So the tree farm is kind of an interesting story. So that I started off uh, with an idea because I had stock market investments, but I felt I was too heavily invested into the stock market. So I wanted to do something else. So I got to researching these uh, trees for lumber. So black walnut trees for lumber. So you buy these trees, and I think the first year I bought them, they cost me a dollar twenty-five cents a tree. They're about two feet tall. You know, they're little twigs. They're little sticks. And in uh, thirty to forty years, this black walnut lumber that you can sell for, you know, they average three to five thousand dollars a tree. With the, the cheap ones being fifteen hundred dollars a tree, and they've sold some black walnut trees for twenty thousand dollars for the lumber. Cause it's kind of that exotic hardwood lumber. So I was like, I should do that. I should buy it. Didn't have any land, didn't have any plan, but I went out and bought 900 of these little trees. So I bought 900 trees and then I didn't have any place to put them at the point at this point in time. So I bought uh, like a garden pot, like a nursery pot and just stuck that in there with black dirt. And um, these trees started growing like crazy. And I, I knew I was going to have to get them in the ground at some point. But uh, in the meantime, somebody, Came by the uh, came by the little nursery. I had all, everything I do is pretty much on less than eighth of an acre. A guy, uh, somebody could do it in the backyard of their house, and a guy came by and offered me uh, twenty bucks a tree for some of these trees that I just paid a dollar twenty five cents for and put them in a pot for uh, you know a forty two cent pot and seventeen cents of dirt. And so I had less than two dollars into it, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to turn down that margin. So I sold them some, I kept some, and uh, the next year I, I found a little piece, probably about an acre of land, and I put 550 black walnut trees in there. So those are in the ground. Those I'm not really going to touch. I take care of them during the year to make sure they don't get overrun with weeds, fertilize them, things like that. But that's my long-term investment. But then my thought process got going back to the um, – got going back to the margins that I had made on those first black walnuts. So what I did was I went out and I bought, I think second year I bought 1400 trees and they all still fit in my nursery. I put them all in pots and I bought a bunch of different kinds this time. I bought, you know, pine trees, spruce trees, maple trees, things like that. And I put them all in pots in a small nursery, weeded them, watered them, put fertilizer on them, took care of them. And then I started going and I sold them on Facebook Marketplace. I sold them at um, auctions, like online auctions around town, things like that. And I continued to get these incredible margins. I mean, I think last year I sold uh, somewhere around a thousand trees with an average margin of 
almost 1200%. Whoa, wait a second. So what blows me away, first of all, is here, you literally bought all these trees and you didn't have anywhere to put them. Nowhere to put them. And so you decided to fill your backyard up with trees that were in a pot, right? So I have uh, pictures of just, you know, pots just shoved together in the tightest area that they can be in less than eighth of an acre. And now we've, we've expanded. We got a little different nursery and a better setup, but it's still only about an eighth of an acre where our nursery is. That doesn't include the trees in the ground, but yeah, this was done on a very small area of land. When you buy a thousand trees, roughly how much money are you spending? It depends. So it depends on the, that's a, that's a tough question because it depends on the size of the tree and where you're going. You can spend anywhere from a dollar 25 cents a tree to We've bought trees for $15 a tree. It depends on the kind you want, where you want to get them from, how much it takes to ship them in, um, things like that. But if you wanted to start on like, you know, the smaller end, the shorter end, you can go and buy trees for a dollar twenty-five cents a piece, dollar thirty cents a piece. Okay, so you've got a couple, you know, thousand or fifteen hundred trees in your backyard, you buy them and how long is the time period that you're talking about these type of margins? How long is it taking you now that you know what you're doing? to flip a tree. So what I do is I put it in the pot, I fertilize it and I make sure the tree is growing and you can start to tell they're growing by like the buds or obviously if it's a maple or an oak tree, it leaps out. And so but to, to back up to that one second, we, when we buy these trees, they're, they're called what's bare root trees. They don't come in a pot. They don't come with dirt. They're pulled out of the ground and you get the stick with the roots and the roots are wrapped in like a, like a peat moss sandy soil that's moist so the tree doesn't die so you get these bundles you know your bundle of 25 trees is going to be you know i don't know probably 10 pounds and 12 inches across you can get it shipped through the mail so um we get those trees we separate them and then we put them into the pot once we know that that pot is alive that tree becomes almost instantaneous where we are close to minneapolis we have a lot of customer base obviously in minneapolis that becomes about a $10 tree the moment that it's in the pot and it's alive. Pretty much what it is is being a middleman. You're going from taking these nurseries that grow tens of thousands of trees a year, putting them in a pot, and becoming a middleman for somebody who wants to go plant them in the ground in their yard. What's that time period for you? About three weeks. Oh, wow. I can feel comfortable selling them in about three weeks. Now, I buy a lot every year, so every year they go and they you know, cure value value because they're not $10 trees anymore and you're two now they're two foot tall trees and now they're $15 trees so over the time they go and they get better which is why I'm okay with buying more inventory because I'll buy a thousand trees for example I'll sell you know 500 of them this year pay for all of my trees and then next year the 500 that I didn't sell they're worth five dollars more you know what I mean so the margins grow year over year but to, to answer your question, it's about three weeks from the time that I plant them from the nursery to when I establish their growing to when I sell. The other question I have for you is where, I mean, you mentioned online, but where are you sourcing your, your product from? I get it from everywhere. I've got them from nurseries in Oregon, Washington, Wisconsin, Michigan, and then I've got them right down the road here in Minnesota too. So I'm just always on the internet looking for, you know, you can get really good deals when you buy in bulk. Um, they do have farm shows around. Like I always got a couple good farm shows that I try to go to in the uh, in the off season and kind of get in touch with those nurseries there and, and uh, do it that way. Okay, so how much of 
the success that you have is dependent upon the location where you're at. Is this something that could be done anywhere in your opinion? Yeah, I think it definitely can. I think that, you know, if you're in Arizona, you're going to have to change the type of tree. You're going to have to do the research because the pines and spruce trees that I sell up here are not going to sell well in Arizona. So, you know, I think that there's money to be made just about everywhere, but you have to do your research and make sure, you know, I know nothing about the Arizona market or the Georgia market, but I do know the Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan market. Right. So, all right. You bought your first batch of trees, which was about a thousand fifteen hundred. At what point? I mean, there was a risk in doing that because you didn't know. I mean, did you know how well it was going to do starting off? No, I had no idea that these margins were going to be like that and continue like that. I thought maybe, you know, maybe I just kind of hit uh, hit, struck a small gold mine, you know, for a year or something like that. But we're going on year four and I'm going to run out of trees in my nursery this year. I'm going to be completely out by the end of the year and have to start over next year because we didn't order too many in this year. I was just, I was trying to kind of keep up with everything going on. And now we're in, uh, I sold way more trees by June 1st than I thought I was going to. And I'm looking at, I was out there today and I was going, I'm going to be out by the end of August. And usually we sell through October. So this is pretty seasonal for you? Yep. We run usually about uh, the second week in April we're planting. And the last week in October, we're winterizing our trees. Um, the winterizing is not too much. We just lay the tree over and, uh, you know, water it well so it lasts through the Minnesota winter. But, yeah, it's a, it's an April to October deal. You get to take the winter off, which is also kind of nice. What gave you the idea that, I, you know, I'm going to take the money that I have and I'm going to go buy some trees? Like, wh- where did that come from? That came from the original idea of buying the black walnut trees for the investment because I ran the numbers on 900 black walnuts, which was my first order, that if, you know, 10% of those trees grew to be that 30, 40 year old tree, and they brought even the low end of $3,000 a tree, you know, that's, uh, that's 90 trees at $3,000. That was a really good investment for my, you know, uh, 1500 bucks that I had to put into it. And I was trying to diversify because I had, you know, I had retired from the rodeo, I was flying, I had some extra time. And I felt like I was too heavily invested in the stock market. So I started to look for other things. I'm not technologically advanced. I can't code. I can't make an app. But, uh, you know, I grew up on kind of a hobby farm and, and that's what I knew. So that's kind of where where I went with that is, is to back to what I know. So it all started with that initial long term investment. I didn't plan this out to start selling these trees every year. But when the margins came in, uh, you can't I, I couldn't afford not to do it. And I really enjoy it. That's the big thing. That's incredible. How much would you say that your first investment was to get into this? Uh, total for everything, for the trees, the pots, um, fifteen hundred bucks. How much did you make from those fifteen hundred bucks? Well, it's uh, it's hard to kind of say because th- those first trees went into the ground, so I haven't seen a in return really on those first nine hundred. I sold, I I did get my money back. I sold probably. 400 trees at 20 bucks a piece. So for example, last year, I think our expenses, well, I can tell you this year because I know the numbers right off the top of my head. This year we've spent um, $1,700 in trees. This is starting April 1st. And as of June 1st, we had sold $3,800 worth of trees. And that was 222 trees that we had sold by June 1st. 
And that was an initial investment this year of $1,800. If you wanted to scale this business, you know, now that you're not flying airplanes, have you thought about the scalability on how to, you know, exponentially make more money with what you're doing? Yeah. So there's a couple, there's a couple things that, uh, that we've run into that are limiting factors as far as, you know, with flying for a job, you're gone for four days, you come back and the weeds have grown up in your pots and your trees and things like that. So to scale, to go to a large scale, we've had to do a couple experiments to get uh, certain things under control, like the watering, um, the weed factor in your pots. If you plant straight black dirt, you know, you can get a lot of weeds in there. But to scale it, um, you know, I think that what you really need is room. You need a lot of room. And you want to be able to spread these trees out where they're not going to shade each other in the sun because then they don't grow as well. And then you need to have a system to uh, suppress the weeds in your trees because if those weeds grow up in your pots and your trees don't get sun because the weeds are blocking them, you know, that, that lowers the value of your trees. So we do plan to scale. We do plan to expand. We're kind of doing it uh, systematically. Um, as I said, we're going to kind of run out of trees this year, but next year we have a plan to, you know, uh, hopefully end up with about 4,500 to 5,000 trees total by, uh, by the end of next year. Um, the nice thing about the tree farming industry is that, you know, it's not like I can, I can make a really good product here and Walmart or any company can't just go make a better product. You have to grow the tree and you have to put in the time. It's not, it's not something that somebody just because they're a bigger company or necessarily have more land, they can make more, but they can't necessarily make a better product like instantaneously because they have the money. It takes time. You can't, you can't just manufacture these trees. As far as it being a passive source of income, how much work are you putting into growing these trees? Um, the first few years was quite a bit because I did a lot of trial and error. But now that we've got our system down and we've got an irrigation system on our uh, little nursery, and I think it's going to be probably four or five days of hard planting in the spring, four or five days of hard winterization in the um, in the fall. And then I would probably say about one to two full days a month. Now that doesn't mean you did it one to two full days, but added up the hours, probably eight to 10 hour days in the month, just to maintain your trees um, to a, you know, a presentable look to the public or your sellers. Now that we've kind of figured out how to suppress the weeds and things like that. But before it was a lot, I was spending all of my off days out there, but I made a lot of mistakes and now, now we kind of have that figured out. So I would say it's, it's pretty passive if you're willing to do the first couple, um, you know, days in the spring of hard planting and the last few days in the fall of hard winterization. Those are full long days. But after that, it, it pretty, they pretty much take care of themselves, water them and they grow. As far as finding the buyers, you know, you mentioned Facebook marketplace, you know, in different areas where you've been able to sell them. What's your strategy on that? And what would you tell somebody looking to do this in their local area, uh, how to do what you're doing? My suggestion is, is to, uh, once you have your, you know, your trees and you've done your research and figure out what, what people like there, uh, I would just go to a Facebook marketplace type and take really nice pictures of your, of your best looking trees and put them on there at a margin you're comfortable with. If you if you have a two dollar tree, and put it on there for four dollars, go to Walmart, go to the Home Depots, go to the stores and see. Like I go to the stores and see that they're selling the exact same tree I have for twenty three dollars. 
Well, I can go and sell it for $10 and I'm still making 800% margins. So I'm going to go and sell my tree for $10 and people feel better about, you know, going to a farm and, or a, a nursery or, you know, the side of the road and, and paying somebody for that. Then rather than going to a, a big box store and buying their trees where they don't know where they came from, they don't know how long they've been sitting there. They don't know how long, how much water they've been getting. So that, that would kind of be the marketing strategy I would take is a Facebook type of marketing strategy. And then, you know, just kind of getting in touch with people in your area and it grows like wildfire. They go home, they like their trees. All of a sudden you're getting three or four phone calls from their neighbors that say, Hey, my neighbors planted these trees. They look great. They said, you have a great price. You're a, you know, it's, it's fun to come out and talk to you. Can I come out this week? You know, that's a, that's a big part of, of the business there. And that $10 tree, how long have you had that tree before you were able to sell it for that $10? Uh, anywhere from three weeks to uh, two years. But, you know, I can, I'll sell them at, for $10 right after I've had them for three weeks, after I know that they're alive. Okay. So if you've got somebody that's got $5,000 to invest, right, and a little bit of land, in three weeks, they could flip that tree for a significant profit. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. That's 100% correct. Yeah. You uh, you go out and buy the tree, plant it, make sure it's alive so you're not selling, uh, you know, dead trees. And then as soon as you know it's alive, uh, you know, put it on Marketplace and or, you know, uh, Craigslist or something along that that effect. All, all I'm doing is being a middleman between the nurseries that don't want to take their time to sell one, two, three trees at a time because they want to sell, they want to sell to me who buys 1500 and then I'm taking the time to plant the tree, get, make sure it's alive and established. And then I take the time to sell it to somebody who wants three or four trees for their yard. What is something that the average person would not know about this type of business that you've discovered in the process of building this business? I guess, and this might be a little bit, uh, localized upon where I am, but I think that one person doesn't know it, it, about the tree business is how many people want trees. It doesn't matter if you're, I mean, if you live in an apartment, that's a little different story, but you know, you always run into the people talk at the store, at the restaurants that are say, oh, you're, you're a tree farmer. I've been looking to plant a maple tree for years. I've been looking to plant a, you know, pine tree for years. I've been amazed at how many people, I was like, I had no idea that this business was this big. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that that's one thing that shocks me is how many people are willing to go out there and buy trees. You know, if you think about it, it's like oh, a tree farmer. They, you got Christmas trees and you got lumber. That's about it. But there's a whole nother market of people that buy houses, have houses that want to plant small trees and watch them grow up with their family and with their kids. It's It's unbelievable. You know, I would have never thought that there's, you know, people running around thinking I want to buy trees. You know, but you're right. You know, people are building houses, there's construction, there's, you know, all different types of situations where people are looking into that. And now as far as the Facebook marketing that you do, is that something that you had prior experience with or is that something you kind of stumbled into? No, yeah, that's something that I didn't have any experience with. I'd sold a few things on Craigslist, you know, when that was uh, when that was a big thing. But the first thing I ever sold on Marketplace was my trees. And that came, uh, you know, that just kind of came from me trying to sell them. And I was like, well, I got too many and I'll, I'll put it on there and see how it goes. And I mean, it it took off. I had to take the ad down because I was spending too much time on my phone responding to people. So I would put it up, you know, when I had three or four days and then I'd have to take it down again because it's just, you know, uh, 
an influx of people. It takes your time. It takes time to respond to those people and things like that. But that was my first ever experience. I'm not a marketing genius by any means, um, but that seemed to work really well. And then I do take some trees every other week. There's an online auction house about 10 miles from my house. I take about 30 to 60 trees up there every other week. For the online auction house, are you having to do the shipping or do they ship that for you? No, they do everything. I just drop them off there. I fill out the paperwork. They do everything else. That's a really nice, you know, little stream of income there because all I have to do is run them up there. It takes 15 minutes, drop them off and, and they sell them for me. What about misconceptions? Are there are there any misconceptions you think that people have about this business that you you know you've discovered? Yeah, I think you know uh, one of the big misconceptions, and I, and I brought it up a little bit, is uh, especially when I'm talking to people at work and in the cockpit and stuff. It's they're like, "Well, I'd like to do that. I don't have any land." And I started on le- like less than an eighth of an acre. If you th- you know uh, if you put these pots right together, you know the pots are twelve inches across. You can get a lot of you can get a lot of trees in a very small area in your backyard. Um, you know, if you have uh, you know a side lot on your house or things like that, it does not take much room to to get these trees. So that's one of the big things I see is people like oh, I'd like to do that, but you know I don't have forty acres. I'm like, you don't need forty acres. You don't need you. Can, I I live in town. You know what I mean? Now I've got some land now out in the country, but that's not how it started. If somebody wanted to, for example, say, hey, I've got a, a goal of making an extra $20,000 a year, or maybe it's $15,000 a year, what approach can they take and what would that look like if they if they had the money to invest? What would be the ideal way to do that? If you wanted to start off your first year making fifteen to 20000 extra dollars, it's going to be uh, a little bit bigger investment. But you can go out, like I said, those dollar twenty-five cent trees—they're about a foot tall to two feet tall. But you can go out and you can buy three dollar and twenty-five cent trees, and they're going to be, you know, uh, two to three, sometimes even four feet tall, depending upon what species of tree. Well, you put that in a pot. And where I am, if you put a, a Black Hills spruce tree into a pot and it's it's established and growing and it's three feet tall, it's going to bring. 30 bucks. Well, if you sell, you know, uh, if you sell 500 trees at 30 bucks a piece, that's, I believe that's $15,000, you know, 500 trees at an investment of, even if you call it $5 a tree, by the time you get your pot in your dirt, you know, that's, uh, that's 2,500 bucks to turn it into 15,000. That's pretty good returns. Absolutely. And there's a business, it seems like that there's a, a business model just in that three week period, right? Exactly. It's a very, very quick turnaround. If you're willing to, to be the middleman and take the tree from, you know, buy them at, at a wholesale and then take that tree and sell it to the person that wants, you know, three to five of them, there, there is a, there's a very good market there, a little niche that you can kind of get into and be that middleman. Now, do you have to have any special license or do you have to have a, a business permit to buy from the, uh, the individuals that are selling the trees to you? Or, I mean, can you just go straight to the uh, tree farmers and buy this, you know, buy the trees that you're going to sell? You don't have to be licensed. You don't have to, um, you know, be insured or anything like that as far as the, to go buy from these uh, big nurseries. Um, You know, for all they know, you own 1200 acres and you just want trees on your land and they don't care if you're putting them in a pot and selling them either. There's no, um, you know, real business license to operate 
as far as that, because, you know, all you have is a shovel and some dirt and a pot. Are you connected with individuals within your business that mentor you or that you're connected with to kind of help you with this process? Or are you just kind of doing this by yourself? I am definitely connected now, especially, you know, the, the tree farming community gets to be pretty small. It's a little bit like aviation, a couple years in it and everybody knows everybody. So there's some guys that, you know, uh, have really kind of stepped up, landscapers especially that have kind of stepped up and, uh, you know, helped me out or given me advice. I call them when I say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What are you What are you thinking? They're like, no, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. I'm like, okay, I won't do that. But, you know, uh, so, yeah, there's definitely people around. It, it, it's a small community, you know, when, when you start going to these farm, uh, these farm expos and you start researching and going to these nurseries and talking to the growers and things like that. So there's a lot of people, a lot of resources that you can reach out to. And most people I've found absolutely love to talk about trees. What about the trees themselves? Are there different species that are more desirable and more expensive and more profitable? How does that work? It's uh, it's kind of a moving target, which is um, which makes it you know kind of interesting. Sometimes a little bit difficult, but for where I live in central Minnesota right now, the really hot trees are Black Hill spruce trees and white pine trees. So we buy those every year, but we also buy a fair amount of other types of trees, such as maple trees, balsam fir trees, which is your standard Christmas tree, um, Norway spruce trees, because it's always a moving target. So next year, people could really want the Norway spruces instead of the white pines. So if that becomes the case then you know if you haven't bought any norway spruces for the last year you know you don't have enough to really you know fulfill that that market so if i was going to tell somebody that wanted to start this up in their backyard let's just say with 100 trees i would buy four different kinds of 25 trees you don't want to just only have one kind of tree because that helps protect against you know if um, if a disease comes through them or there's not a market for them because there will be a market for them eventually. It's just a matter of when and, and when that cycle is going to come around to that tree. So if you hold that tree for two or three years, when that market comes around to that species, it's going to be, it might be worth $25 now instead of $10 because it's three feet tall. If you're holding it for two or three years, are they still in pots or have you transferred them over? What does that look like? No. So they're still in pots. So what I did, uh, what I do now is I plant them in a big enough pot that they can grow for about five years in this pot that I have them in. After that, you would need to really do something with them, but I don't, I don't end up with any trees over five years. I usually, the longest I'll hold the tree right now is about two years before I sell it. Um, but I do plant them in a big enough pot that they could grow for up to five years if I needed them to. You can plant them in smaller pots. It's a little bit uh, little bit cheaper and get, you know, two years out of those. What about losses? Are there any losses that you've incurred or, you know, any type of negative aspects of this business that you wish you would have known about? I don't, I wouldn't say negative aspects of the business. I really enjoy it. I think it's one thing that you have to uh, enjoy doing. You know, you have to enjoy going out and planting your trees and taking care of your trees and watering your trees. Um, but yeah, as far as the losses go, uh, the first year I winterized my trees, I didn't under really understand how to do it. And so I lost probably 20% in the winter. Um, and now uh, that we've kind of got that figured out, we've got our winter loss down to about 2%. And then, you know, you always have the environmental factors in Minnesota, you know, hailstorms, uh, tornadoes, things like that. That's always something that you have to consider uh, as a risk 
in the business. We've been pretty fortunate. We did have a hailstorm come through uh, two years ago, and it knocked out all of our maples. It didn't kill them, but it shredded the leaves enough to where we couldn't sell them because they don't look good. But the the tree itself was still alive, so we just grew those, and then we sold them the year after. What do you do to winterize the tree? So now what we do is you want to water them really, really heavy, and then we just lay the pot, because they're all in pots, we just lay the pot over on its side. There's a, a few different things you can do. We've tried you know, covering them with straw, covering them with tarps, but honestly, the best growth rate we've got is making sure they're well-watered and lay them over. Now, as far as your competition goes, who are you competing against when it really comes to your type of business? We do compete against like the box stores like uh, Home Depot, Walmart. Um, that's tractor supply up here that sell those types of trees. We're a far enough price underneath of them that that's usually not too big of an issue for us. We don't usually have a problem selling out. Um, there are some landscapers and roadside nurseries up here that are technically our competition. But um, with the tree market that I've found up here is everybody helps everybody out because it all seems like by the end of the year, we're completely out of trees. And I've had nurseries call me and say, hey, do you have any of this kind of tree? Because I'm out. And I've called other people and say, hey, I've got a guy here that wants 25 more white pines and I don't have any. Do you have them? And they say, yeah. And I'll say, okay. And I'll send them over that way because, you know, it's you want to keep that good relationship. Like I said, it's a small community, but there seems to be enough demand that competition is a thing, but everybody helps everybody out. I've had people come from the nurseries down the road to my place because they've sent them and I've sent people to other uh, other nurseries as well. Now that the airlines are, I mean, pretty uncertain, is this something that you're strategically going to, you know, work on so that it can replace your income or it could be something that you predominantly just focus on? Yes. To answer your question now, we've taken the money that we've made and expanded our tree farm quite a bit. So now we've got some trees in the ground and things like that, but I would like to get to the spot. My goal for myself is to get to the spot where I can sell um, about a thousand trees a year for an average of, you know, $50. So that means I'm going to sell some trees that I've put in the ground and have been there for a while for a hundred bucks. I'm going to sell some trees and pots for 25 and I'm going to sell some trees and pots for 10. But if I can get to that six figure hundred thousand dollar range by, you know, working a few hard days in the fall, maintaining my trees throughout the year and a few hard days winterization, that's kind of my goal. Not fully going to replace my, uh, you know, airline income. I probably wouldn't ever stop flying to be a full-time tree farmer, but somewhere in that six figure range is, is my goal. And I think, um, Laying it out as far as my business plan goes, about five years is what that's going to take. What are the factors that are kind of either limiting right now as far as getting you there? Or what are the things that you need to do in order to get there? I think one of the things that I needed I needed to do was to learn how to get the um, the weeds in the pots under control. Because I've brought that up a couple of times because that took so much of my time the first couple of years was out there hand weeding every pot. And you can't have them. You can't have 15,000 trees on your farm if you have to hand weed every pot. So that was one of the big limiting things. Now, I think we have that under control. So I can now scale this to a larger factor and then inventory. Right. So I've found a very uh, good niche market on the one to two foot trees that people want to plant. But there's always people that are asking me, hey, do you have three foot trees? Do you have four foot trees? 
Well, I haven't been in a spot yet to be able to grow that inventory. Like I said, it's not something you can just make. You have to grow that tree or go buy that tree or find that tree. So that's why I say five years because that's my limiting factor is I want to get an inventory of trees everywhere from 10 feet tall to one foot tall. So no matter who comes out or who contacts me on Facebook Marketplace, I can um, I can have what they're looking for. What type of land do you need in order to have that type of operation? The University of Minnesota did a study. Depends on how you're going to grow them, but you can go pull the study on how to plant your uh you know, your grove of trees, essentially, per what and what kind of tree uh, you want. But the average uh, trees, if you're going to leave them in the ground for about five years, you plant probably a thousand trees an acre would work. Now, are there any other ancillary type businesses or sub niches that you could consider or have considered maybe selling stuff online or even selling as a middleman? the smaller trees that you're getting directly from the warehouses or tree farmers or any consideration for that? You know, I have thought about that and I do think that there is, uh, there is probably a business for, you know, if you buy 1500 trees and then split them down into, um, you know, bundles of a hundred and sell them that way. I think that you could probably make some really good margins, but with the, I like being out there with a shovel and putting dirt in a pot and putting the tree in there. And when you get, you know, the margins that we're getting, I have not explored any other paths like that because I enjoy what I'm doing and the return is so good. You know, if it's not, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I do think that if other people want to explore that opportunity, there is probably a lot of money to be made there. It's just not something I have done yet. Cody, before we wrap this up, is there any final thoughts, uh, you know, that you would offer? Uh, specifically for pilots that are considering this type of business? You know, I think uh, one of the things that I would just say is uh, the only way I did it was I just got in and did it. Now, I did a lot of research about it, but when I made the decision to go into the tree farming business, that's what I did. I, you know, I had put in a lot of energy and a lot of time and I went and bought the tree. And like I said, I bought 900 trees with nowhere to, with nowhere to put them to kind of force myself into now I've got to do this. I've got to work at this because that's the only, uh, that's the only way that this is going to work. So as far as the tree farming thing goes, I, uh, do your research on where you live, your part of the country, what your, you know, customer base is. And, um, as far as the business sense in general, if, if you have that, uh, you know, desire to have a, a side hustle, Make the jump. Make uh, you know. I probably wouldn't put life savings into it, but but set aside an amount of uh, investment that you know, or hold off your stock investments for a few months and put that into something and make the leap and and try it out. That's the only way that this happened. Is I I just jumped in head first and and made it work. That's pretty awesome, man. It, it seems like fifteen hundred dollars as a initial investment's pretty low when it comes to risk. It is. Seeing the type of returns that you are uh, making is incredible. Cody, man, I, I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for sharing your side hustle, your story, and uh, good luck, man. We we look forward to see uh, your business grow and, and uh, checking in to see how things are going. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the flight. And remember, fly airplanes because it's fun, not because you have to.